Hey, good morning everyone. My name is Cameron McCullough. I'm Director of Outreach at Ridgeview and I get the uh, honor and the blessing to share with you guys today. I'm so excited for this. We're going to um, finish off a four-part series on stacking good days and uh, today we're going to talk about pursuing peace. Um, if we've never met, let me for, uh, properly introduce myself. My name's Cameron. Um, I've been attending Ridgeview for about a year and a half. I just recently um, was given a part-time position as Director of Outreach, like I said, and um, here's a picture of my family. That's my wife, Jessie, and my two little girls, Paisley and Tegan. And um, Ridgeview has been just a real blessing to our family. And uh, from day one, from the first time we walked in, just people displaying the hard attitudes and things that um, just really stuck with us. And it's been a true blessing to get to know each and every one of you. And uh, if we've never met, I hope that uh, soon we can. So today, as I said, we're going to talk about pursuing peace. Pursuing peace is, is an interesting topic right now. We are living in a day, 2020 was uh, full of just excitement, right? There was a, a global pandemic. There was an election. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> there was also just other issues within our, our nation and the news headlines. A lot of them, when you look, the peace is really the last thing that you think of. And um, so today we're going to look at some things that the Bible says, ways to get through that. And uh Today, the first verse I want to read is from Romans 12.18. Romans 12.18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, when I read that, you'll see on your screen that everyone was underlined. Because when I first read it, a few people popped into mind. That's natural, probably for you too. But there's people in our lives that are a little bit more difficult for us to be at peace with. And it's a natural thing. It's It's just the way that life is sometimes. And the Bible gives us ways that's to, to overcome those things that are holding us from, from being at a peaceful relationship with someone. And today we're going to look at Psalm 34 as we, as we have been through the last few weeks. And uh, so let's look at what Psalm 34 says about peace. Psalm 34, 14 says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And like I said before, that means with everyone. Even your boss, even the little frustrating posts on Facebook that people do, and all of the other things we don't agree with, we should still pursue peace in those things. So Psalm 34 says to pursue peace and seek it. Peace in Hebrew is shalom. Shalom is a word that most of us probably know because it's the greeting that they use. And shalom is uh, what, what it really means is wellness, well-being, and it also um, it means health and welfare. And so I'd like to just start by asking the question, what is the difference between peace and not peace? Like, what is the opposite of peace? And when you think about the opposite of peace, really the opposite of peace is when you're thinking of peace and quiet would be noise. When you're thinking of peace as in in your life, it would be conflict or irritation. And sometimes um, we don't even realize what peace and it does and doesn't do. Like if we aren't at peace, there is things that happen in our lives. So the next question is, what are the impacts of life without peace? Life without peace is aggravation. It's an attitude, really. It can affect a lot of things. There's a big impact it can have. Um, one of those is attitude, like I said. And the other one is, is it can impact your relationships. It can impact your family and it can uh, actually impact your health, right? We get anxiety and things like that, and, and it can really even affect your health. So uh, as we go on and see the practical ways the Bible gives us to pursue peace, we're going to look at uh, Peter, First Peter 3, 8 through 11, 
And right here, Peter in his epistle actually quotes Psalm 34. And so I think this is a great passage to read to really sum up what it is that we can do to pursue peace. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. So what Peter is uh, talking about here, he actually starts off by saying finally, which I think is funny because uh, like any good preacher, he says finally and then gives a whole other two chapters after this. So it's kind of interesting that he would, he would say finally, but he says all of you. And who's he talking to? There's that word everyone again. It's, it's the believers, the people who are called by Christ to follow him, right? All of you who believe in Christ, we have an image to bear. We are, are, are image bearers of Christ. He's created us in his image and we are called to live that out. And he's calling all of us who believe in him. So the next word he says is live in harmony. Harmony is an interesting thing for me. I, I love music. And when you think of harmony as music goes, it's to be in one with each other. Like all the people in the band sound great together. But if one person uh, hits the wrong note, then even if you're not a musician, you're going to be able to notice. So harmony means that when you're not in harmony with someone, others will notice. So I think like to realize, just to put that into perspective, when you're in a family um, get together and you're not in harmony with those other people in your family, others will notice. And I think that's important for us to remember is if we're image bearers of Christ, we have to remember to be in harmony um, with everyone. And uh, the second, so we're going to go through some uh, different parts of this passage here. Relational peace, it comes as we choose to do the following things. There's five things he lists out. The first Peter says is be sympathetic. That's in verse 8. Romans 12, 15 is a, is a verse that really sums this up. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. <clears throat> There's a, a, a friend of mine at work who he really um, doesn't, quite have that sympathy gene and, and we probably all have friends that have that that are like that they don't really understand when you come to them with an issue or, or you know they they just don't really weep when you weep um, but I would go to him sometimes with issues at work and say yeah can you believe this is happening and that and this and that and the other and he would just look me dead in the eye and say bro don't vent to me <laughs> he's a he's a real tough guy and uh, we're still friends but I think he could, he could benefit from just a little bit of, uh, of sympathy. And I think we all can. There's times where we think that we have the solution to people's problems before they even tell us the full story, right? And we need to remember to really come alongside people when they're hurting and even when they're rejoicing. We should come along them rejoicing and come along them weeping when they're weeping. Um, the second thing that Peter says is love is brothers. <clears throat> I grew up in a house full of boys. Uh, ironically, I have a house full of girls now. But my brothers, we did have conflict. There's a lot of conflicts in a house full of boys. And the way we would settle those conflicts usually would lead to a better relationship, honestly. Um, it could get rough. It could get tough. But at the end of the day, we have a special bond as brothers. We 
would get through these issues and in in the end be closer together uh, than we ever were to start. Um, whether it was fighting over who did the dishes or anything else, <laughs> we would always come to an agreement. And that's just the way it is when you're in a family bond, right? It's it's a little bit different. Even through the, the, the bad times and the good times, there's a special connection uh, between you. And that's what Peter's saying here is love is brothers. Really what he's saying is love strangers. That's the translation. We got to love strangers the same way we love those that are closest to us in our family. So that's the second thing he said. And the third um, thing that Peter tells us to do is be compassionate. Now, this is a lot like sympathy, but instead of just feeling, it's actually to be tenderhearted and to want to see where that person's coming from. We want to come alongside them with their problems and with their, um, the things that they need help with. It's, it's to be tenderhearted, not calloused. Um, I want to see the th- th- things the way you do, is what it's really saying. And I want to not be self-focused, but instead be others-focused. And that leads right into the fourth thing he says. He says, be humble. He says, that, that, what he's saying there is, don't be so self-focused on self-worth. Like, don't tear yourself down. But naturally, as humans, we want to be uh, a little more self-focused. And that truly means, to, in order to love others like we love ourselves, we kind of have to love ourselves a little bit less. And we got to be humble-minded. Um, we know no better than any other person. We're all sinners and we all fall short. So we need to have humble minds when we come uh, to others when we have relationships. Now, these attitudes all combined together would be an amazing relationship already. I mean, if we all came to each other with sympathy, if we all loved each other as brothers, if we were all compassionate and we are all humble, I mean, that already sounds like a great place. But really, Peter takes it to another notch. He, he, he turns up uh, the, the level on this. And the last thing he says is repay evil with blessing. Now, that is not the normal response to evil. When somebody does something wrong to us, the first response is not ever <laughs> really to, to repay that with blessing. But this is a perfect example is Christ on the cross, right? We are sinners and, and we um, are not perfect people. We, we're naturally um, going to sin. And that is, is known in the Bible. But God still pursued each and every one of us. He repaid our evil with blessing with His Son on the cross. Um, imagine... Now, living a life with that aspect yet thrown in there, where people were willing to, to sacrifice for you. you know, And these things don't just happen. Like when you think of shalom, it sounds like things that just kind of naturally are there, right? Your health, your welfare, and, and those things just seem like natural things that just happen on their own. But let's look again at Psalm 34, 14, and notice the words that surround peace. It says, we need to not only seek peace, but we also need to pursue peace. I have a video here of Mike Trout. Um, I'm a huge Angel fan, and here's a a video of Mike Trout making an awesome catch on the field. 2-2. This one's out towards center field. Towering shot, chasing Trout back. That ball's hit pretty good, and at the wall, Trout leaps up, and he got it! Oh, my! Are you serious?! I mean, what a play, right? I mean, that is an awesome catch. There, there's no doubt about it. That, but, but now imagine, this is why I thought of this um, when, I, when I read this verse, is imagine if he would have saw that ball, right? He was seeking to catch it. Like, I want to catch that ball. But what if he never pursued it? What if he just 
watched it go over the fence, right? It would have been a completely different outcome, and his teammates probably would have had a whole nother uh, level of respect for him, right? Like, hey, dude, you didn't even try to catch that ball. What's wrong with you? So what we want to really think about is how do we pursue? Now, how do we pursue peace? Peace comes from continually turning to God. It's not something that just happens. We have to continually turn to God when we were pursuing peace. Uh, a verse that, that really sums this up is Philippians 4, 6-7. through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, peace doesn't happen by mistake. It comes by continually turning to God. I watched this verse uh, lived out in my own life. Uh, one, one year, I was 19 years old. I was on a missions trip to Peru. Uh, we got off this airplane with our passports in hand. We got them stamped. And I got to a final destination, which was six-hour bus drive from the airport. When we arrived at the airport, our leader asked us to all pass our passports to him uh, for safekeeping through the week so that it wouldn't go missing. Um, however, mine had already gone missing. So immediately, as you can imagine, I have um, this worry oh, just filling my heart, right? Like, oh my goodness, I'm in a foreign country. I have no identity. I'm, I have no idea how I'm going to get home. This is not good. Um, on top of that, I have my parents who are far away uh, with the same worries once I told them. And I have a leader who's a little bit upset with me because uh, before we left, the, the last thing he said was, please don't lose your passports. This is very important. So all these things going through my mind, but uh, God put someone in my life in that situation. His name was Daniel. He was a uh, local from Peru. He was bilingual and he was able to to kind of bridge that language barrier for me. And he took me all the way back to Lima, Peru, and he showed me the entire way how to pursue peace. Um, we, we went through all kinds of obstacles to get that passport back. Um, I had to go to the uh, embassy in Lima. I had to get a police report from the federales about my passport being stolen. They didn't want to give it to me. I had to pay them off with money. And it was just a, a huge big mess. But each time we came to one of these obstacles, Daniel would pull me to the side and say, Cameron, I think right now before we uh, freak out, we need to pray. And you see, sometimes worry can be kind of like this, uh, you need gas sign, right? Like, ding, you need to pray. Ding, you need to pray. So one way you can pursue peace is to always go to God as soon as you feel that little bit of worry in your heart. And, and trust me, there's going to be days that you are going to worry. Um, God doesn't say that, there's got, that every day is going to be easy, but He does say to go to Him, and He will provide peace. So, um, we need to remember that when there is times of worry, if we present our requests to God, He will give us the peace that transcends understanding. And that word understanding, what it really means is like, I've been through things in my life before. I know the outcomes of, of what's ahead because I've life experiences, right? But what God is saying is though, even though you have that understanding of what's happened in the past, when you come to me with these things, I have the peace that can transcend those things and make them so you don't even realize it. And at the end of this passport story, I got to the embassy with all of the, the things I needed. And the lady at the counter, she looked me in the eye and said, you lost your passport? And I said, yeah. And she said, normally when people of your age, come in here with issues that big, they're a whole different mindset. They're 
freaking out. They're paranoid. They're scared. They're anxious. And she said, but you seem so calm. And uh, I had the opportunity to share my faith right there in an embassy in Peru just because of Daniel's uh, reminder constantly to me to, hey, let's pray, let's pray, and keeping my mindset uh, in the right place. So um, peace doesn't happen by mistake. It comes by turning to God in faith. So as we close out, there's some next steps that are listed on your connection card. We'd love for you to fill those out and uh, let us know what you're working on so that we can pray as you go through these things. The next steps are, the first one is be sympathetic, compassionate, love his brother, and be humble. Circle one of those that you feel you need to work on, and we'd love to pray as you uh, pursue that. The second is, I will seek and pursue peace with blank. Just fill that in. Maybe it's a person, or maybe it's a thing in your life that you need to give to God. Maybe there's something right now in your life that that you need to go to God in faith with. Or maybe there's a person in your life that you need to reconcile a relationship and you need to seek and pursue peace with them. So just fill that out and we'd love to pray for you there as well. And then the third thing is invite someone to the next series called Decades. Uh, Pastor Alex will be going through this series. It's um, really a a cool idea of there's a whole bunch of different decades living uh, all amongst each other. And this is going to give you practical ways uh, to help you better get through whatever decade that you're in. So join us next week. Bring someone with you uh, in person or or to this online service, and uh, we'd love to see you there. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for your peace, Lord, that transcends our understandings, Lord. We, we pray um, for Ridgeview to be a church that could reach our community and reach them with that same peace, Lord. We thank you for your love. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And Lord, we thank you uh, so much for this time together today. Lord, be with us as this week as we uh, enter into to this world that can easily take our peace away. Lord, uh, just be with us and remind us uh, to go to you with our worries. In your name we pray. Amen.